There's a lot of things that this world will tell us that we need. I get texts all the time from people that I have purchased things from. My wife gets them more than I do, but I get them as well. You need this. You need this in your life. Someone say you deserve this. Who said that? You deserve this. There's one thing that I need in my life every day, and that is the Spirit of God. I need Him more in my life today than I did yesterday, and I'll need Him more tomorrow than I do today. I need God to make it each and every day. And the greatest part about all that is, is that if I get up in the morning and I call on His name, He hears me. If I ask Him to go with me, He comes with me during the day. If I ask for His help, He'll give me His help. He's just a call away, and I'm thankful for that today. We're thankful to have each and every one of you here with us today on this beautiful Sunday morning. I don't know what time is it, 12, 17, Sunday afternoon. And uh, just thankful to be in the presence of the Lord with each of you. I'm going to ask you today to turn to Genesis chapter 21, verses 14 through 19. Appreciate the spirit that we feel in the house today worship and praise that has ushered that presence into here. While you're turning there, I know that we've already said that it's good to have Taylor with us today and all of our other guests that we have here. I want to say it's good to have my friend Stephen back there in the back waving his hands. Great to have you here today, Stephen. I tell you, uh, Brother Tony, Tony G and uh, Brother Harrison, we're, uh, we're working at a house doing something. I think they might have been at Tony's house. And uh, they were, one of them, was it Brother Tony, were you wearing your lighthouse? Brother Tony was wearing his lighthouse uh, hoodie. And they were out in the front. And uh, Steve come driving by and saw that lighthouse hoodie. And he said, where's that church at? Just out of the blue. And I said, I've been looking for some fellowship and uh, he lives in Moscow Mills, and they told him about our work that we have going on over in Troy. And uh, for almost a, probably a year now, close to a year, uh, throughout this year, Brother uh, brother Stephen's been coming and uh, to breakfast with us on Wednesday mornings and has started coming to our Bible study on Thursday nights. And uh, we had an event out uh, in Troy last night that we were we had a booth set up and was connected with some people. And he was out there with us. He told me, he said, man, I'm going to come see you all tomorrow morning. And, Stephen, it's great to have you here with us. Thank you for coming today. Appreciate it. He's not a shy guy, so I don't think that's going to embarrass him at all. Amen. Genesis chapter 21, verses 14 through 19 says, So Abraham rose early in the morning and took bread and a skin of water and gave it to Hagar, putting it on her shoulder along with the child, and sent her away. And she departed and wandered into the wilderness of Beersheba, when the water in the skin was gone, she put the child under the bushes. Then she went and sat down opposite him a good way off, about a distance of a bow shot. For some of us, that's 20 yards. For some of us, it's 60 or 70. Let me, the bow hunters in the room said amen. <clears throat> Let me not look on the death of the child. And she sat opposite of him and lifted up her voice and wept. And God heard the voice of the boy. I 
believe the King James Version says God heard the voice of the lad. And the angel of God called to Hagar from heaven and said to her, What troubles you, Hagar? Fear not, for God has heard the voice of the boy where he is. Up, lift up the boy and hold him fast with your hand, for I will make him into a great nation. Then God opened her eyes and she saw a well of water and she went and filled the skin with water and gave the boy a drink. Today, for a short time, I want to preach to you on the topic of the voice of deliverance. The voice of deliverance. Can we put down our Bibles, lift our hands one more time across this place, and let's pray that God will move on us today. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for what you've done already here today, God. And I ask, Lord, that you would move on us, that you would help us, that you would strengthen us, God. Lord, that you would open our hearts to receive your word. Lord, that someone, God, would hear, Lord, the word that is going to be brought forth. will make a decision, Lord, to come to you, to lift their voice and to receive what they need here today. Help me, God, to speak according to your will, the word that you have given me, Lord. We thank you for what you've done and what you're going to do. And we ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you for standing for the reading of the word. Thank you for my background music. I appreciate that. In our lives, we will find that there will be many voices, many voices that we will have that will try to influence us in certain ways. There will be voices of encouragement that we will receive. There will be voices of doubt that will come into our life that will try to convince us we should not do something that maybe we feel we should or maybe we don't think we should be doing something and the voice of doubt comes in and says you know that's probably right maybe that turns the voice of doubt to a voice of encouragement to not do something there's voices of wisdom that come into our life and I'm thankful for our pastor I'm thankful for men of God that have been placed into my life that I can turn to that I can uh, that I can uh, glean from that I can receive uh, some wisdom from in times of need I'm thankful for the word of God that gives wisdom that I can turn to and that I can look into and and I'm thankful for the power of prayer that I can I can call on the name of God and I can I can ask him what it is that I should do in times and in needs and that I can feel an answer come into my heart. I've I've been around many people in my life that um in working on things or or just uh being out in fellowship and I'll hear them say things like you know, my dad used to say this, and they'd rattle off a saying that their dad would say. Or they would say, you know, my grandpa put it this way. And uh, I, I hear that a lot of times around Brother Mike. Brother Mike, whenever we're painting, or well, he's painting. I'm watching him going, yeah, it looks good. they uh giving him great encouragement. It's a voice of encouragement, really, is what I am to Brother Mike. And... Uh, We'll hear him saying, we're both from southeast Missouri, so there's a lot of that same vernacular there and uh, sayings that, that, that we know and have heard before growing up. But it's voices in our life, voices that, that set that foundation. It creates who we are. I can hear the voice of my grandpa today. Well, he's still alive, so I can literally hear his voice if I were to call him. But thinking back as a young man, I can hear his voice and one of the things that I remember hearing the most out of him, and this will just give you an insight into what type of child I was, I can hear him vividly say, boy, I'm about to rack your jaws. Anybody know what that means? It means duck. 
there's a hand coming. <laughs> also, in life, I remember just recently, as as I would go home and 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 talk with him, uh, he he was, he's a church planner. He planted the church in Carothersville, where my where my dad currently pastors. And uh, whenever I go home, he always sits down with me and asks me, how are things going over in Troy? Or most of the time, he'll ask me, what's that town that you're planting church in? And I'll say, oh, it's Troy. Oh, okay. How, how's things going over there? And I'll tell him how things are going, and he'll tell me, I'll say, just keep loving people. God will keep blessing. Just keep loving people. God will keep blessing. And I can hear that voice, and that voice means a lot to me. I've learned over the years, and I'm still learning uh, as I mature, and I still have, have ways to go, but I've learned to know the voices that I should listen to and the ones that I should not. I have a, uh, a new puppy in our life. Her name is Nala. I should have brought a picture. We, I, didn't, I didn't, so don't look at the screen. There's no picture. I should have, though. Nala, she's learning my voice, and whenever I call to her, it's awesome. I've had really bad dogs. This one's a really good dog. I'm jinxing myself. She's going to do something terrible today. But I can, I can be outside, and, and so far she hasn't had to be on a leash at all. And she's running around, and I'll, she'll get out of eyesight of me, and I'll go, Nala, come here. And, man, here she comes. I mean, I can almost hear her paws hitting the ground, trying as fast as possible to get back to me. She knows my voice whenever I'm calling for her. It's awesome to me when parents, whenever I'm around parents, whether it's young or, or old, I, I can... I can, it's always amazing that there can be a whole nursery of kids crying. And then all of a sudden, one cry comes out, and the parent goes, Oh, that's mine. They know the voice of their children. It's voices. In our relationship with God, it's important for us to know the voice of our Father. It's important for us to know. The voice of God. We, you're going to hear it a lot more around Lighthouse Church, but we've been talking about this God connection. That in the morning we should get up, we should read our word, we should pray, we should ask God what he's trying to say to us today. Throughout the day we should be meditating on the word and, and continuing to speak to God. And, and throughout the day God should be saying something to us. Whether you're the pastor or not, whether you're a minister or not, God should be saying something to you each and every day. There should be something from the Word or something from prayer that God is speaking to you. We should learn to know the voice of God. It's just important that we understand, as to understand other people's voices, that we understand the voice of God. But we must also know that God knows our voice. That in the midst of a world and a society where, I'll just say it, that there's a nursery of crying babies everywhere. That when we call out, God says, hey, that one's mine. My, my baby's crying. My baby needs something. My, my child needs something from me. And he bends his ear to hear us. Psalm 34 and 17 says, when the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of their troubles. Hebrews tells us that we can go boldly before the throne of God. Philippians says that we can make our petitions known before him. And 1 John 5 and 14 says, And this is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, that he 
hears us. He hears our voice. He knows our voice. We should know his voice, but he knows our voice. Today, I'm, I'm here to tell someone and to remind someone, I want you to know and I want you to understand that we serve a great and a mighty God. That, that this world a lot of times tries to diminish who God is. And, and, and a lot of times they, they, they create this, this religion and this idea that we are actually in charge of God. And we tell God where to go and what to do. But I believe that he is still the king. And that we are in his kingdom. And that he is in charge. And whenever I put him where he belongs, I begin to understand that he is great. And he is mighty. That he is greater than I am. That his ways are greater than my ways. And, and that if I turn to him and I ask anything, that, that he's able to provide and he's able to do what I need him to do because he is a great and he is a mighty God. I want you to understand today that we don't just serve a God, but we serve the God. We serve the God of the universe, the one who created earth, the one who, who, who raised up the mountains, the one who filled the oceans with water. We serve a God, the God that parted the seas whenever it was time to do so. We serve the God who calmed winds and stopped the sun whenever it was needed. We serve the one who made me out of his image. We serve the God who not only knows me, but he loves me. I know that I serve the God whose mercies are new every morning and that if I get up and I call on his name that he hears me and he bends his ear and he's there for me and he helps me in my time of need. The God that I serve, the God, he is the one who was able to become flesh. He was the one who was able to die for my sins and now allows his spirit to live within me. Most importantly, out of all of that, though, he is the God that loves me. He is the God who cares for me. And he knows me better than I know myself. He knows even the hairs, the number of hairs that are on my head. And whenever I am in a place of need, he is the God who hears my cry, who responds to my need and brings deliverance to my brokenness. That's the God that I serve. Is that the God that you serve here today? Is that the God that you serve here today? Do you believe that in this house that we can call on his name and that he will respond on our behalf? Many people, many people will say though, and you hear it time and time again, I just don't know if God can help in my situation. I don't know if God can do what I need him to. Brother Randall, you don't understand the situation that I have gotten myself into. You don't understand. You, you didn't sit in the doctor's office and hear the diagnosis. You didn't hear the tone of voice. You, 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 you've, you've never been in my house whenever we're fighting, Brother Randall. You, God can't fix our situation. He can't help me. You, you haven't seen my bank account and the late notices that I get. God can't help my situation. We hear it over and over again. But my God, the God that makes a way where there seems to be no way, 
He has proven time and time again that he does his best work with those who need it the most. Come on, he does his best work with those that are in the worst situations, that are broken down further than anyone else. Come on, the more broken that you are, the more that he is able to repair. The more addicted, the more he can deliver. The more alone, the better he can be your friend. The more that you are afflicted in the mind, the more peace that he is able to give you. I stand on the word that says, where sin doth abound, grace doth much more abound. If you need something from God, he is able to supply it. He looks down on us and he says, bring me the dirty. Bring me the messed up. Bring me the ones that the world has thrown out and let me show you the miraculous work that I can do. I don't know what it is that you've gone through in your life or what you're facing right now, but I'm here to tell you today, there is a God that says, I don't care how big the mountain looks. I soar over those mountains mountains. I can lift you up. I can raise you. I can help you in your time of need. If you will just call out on my name, I can give you what you need. That's the God that I serve. That's the God that I serve. The one that in my weakness, (laughs) he's made strong. David David said it like this. He said, I look to the hills from which cometh my help. The Psalms are full of David crying out for help in times of need because he learned to understand that there is only so much that he could do, that there's only so much that he could say. There are scriptures where it says David encouraged himself and there are times when we have to do that. But there's, we get to places, though, where we can't do anything else for ourselves. The doctors can't. The lawyers can't. Our friends can't. Who are we going to turn to? We can call on the name of Jesus. We can talk to God. We can cry out to him. And he hears us and he calls and he comes to our help. Our voice. Our voice is... It's very important. It's very important. The Bible says that life and death is in the tongue. Life and death is in the tongue. Jesus in his teachings, he refers back to words of Old Testament prophets. Because those words, that that voice of the prophet, it was important. The voice was important. We are told that the gospel cannot be received if there's not someone who teaches and someone who preaches. The voice is so important. You see, even in our salvation, it's the voice that repents of our sins. It's the voice that declares the name of Jesus whenever we go down in baptism. And even through our voice and through language, it is evidence that we have received the Spirit. This is not in my notes, but this just hit me. I I felt maybe that there was a a push there. What if someone is not able to talk? How do we know that they have received the Spirit? This is not something that I heard personally, but my dad, a man of God, a preacher, a pastor in Carothersville, heard this himself. I'll give you his phone number if you care enough to call him. He'll tell you. He heard it. A man in Carothersville about a year old, 
got an ear infection and lost his hearing. And because of that, he never learned to speak. He can make noises, but never was able to formulate a word that anyone could understand. My dad tells me that in the 80s, that they were in that, in that room, and this man was probably in his early 20s at the time, and he had come to church with some family members, and they were in pre-service prayer, and the power of God began to move in that place. And that they began to pray for him. And he was making the noises that he always makes. It's completely incoherent, can't understand anything. And then all of a sudden, something flipped. And he began just as clear as anyone else in the room. Hallelujah, I love you, Jesus. Thank you, God. I praise your name, Jesus. Had never spoken a word in his life. But in a moment, in an instance, whenever the Spirit of God filled him, through his language, through his voice, there was evidence that the Spirit of God had come into his life. Our voice is important. Our voice is important. In our time of need, the Bible tells us that sometimes we have not. Why? Because we ask not. We don't use our voice. We don't speak up and ask God to move on our behalf. So because we don't ask, we don't have. The Bible says, ask and ye shall receive. What do you have to do? Ask and you shall receive. The Bible says that God inhabits the praises of his people and that whenever his people begin to lift their voices and they begin to praise and they begin to worship much like what we did here today all morning the words were up there on the screen and, and it was it was I love you Jesus and you are great and you are mighty we're lifting up the praises to the name of God we are lifting up the one praises to the one who is able to move on our behalf and whenever we do that it gets his attention the voices of his children praising and worshiping him gets his attention and he says I want to go and be in the middle of that place I want to go down there I want to be in the midst of them that are praising me oh come on and where he is there is liberty there is hope there is freedom whatever it is that you've come into here today I'm here to tell you you can receive what you need from God he is in this place he is in this place today because we have lifted our voice and we have cried out to him. I'm here to tell you that if a father on earth can hear the cry of his son and respond, how much more can God hear the cry of his children in a time of need and move on their behalf? Our deliverance is many times connected to our voice. It's connected to our voice. We need answers in our life. I, I, I don't know how we're going to face this. I don't know how we're going to get through this. We've, we've never walked this road before. I, I, I just don't get it. I don't understand. We need help in situations, things that we've never faced before. Come on, we may need salvation in our life. We need hope and we need peace, but we don't bring it to God in prayer. It's one of those kind of moments where we say, well, he knows all things, right? He knows what I need. 
He should just be able to look down and see what I need and provide it for me. But he wants us to come to him. He wants us to use our voice to cry for the help and let him respond to us in our time of need. Today, I want to bring attention to what I understand. This is not anything I read from a book. Someone that's smarter than me afterwards come and tell me where I'm wrong in this. But that there's three voices that I see in the Bible. If you look at the Bible in this linear fashion where we have the beginning of time and then all of these things that happen and the judges and the kings and the sacrifices that happen. We have our prophets and the different ones that spoke and, and the rising and the falling. And then we get to this place where there's this, where there's this separation. We get into the New Testament and, and Jesus comes and, and all of this stuff starts happening and, and he dies and he's raised again. He ascends and we receive his spirit. You look at the Bible this way. That throughout the Bible, there are some voices that are spoken throughout this time. There's always the voice of God. That is not one of these. There, let's just establish that as a foundation. That there's always the voice of God that speaks and that we hear and that we know. But there's the voice of preparation. There's the voice of declaration. And there's the voice of deliverance. I wish I had an Asian word, but it's the voice of deliverance. The voice of preparation, the voice of declaration, and the voice of deliverance. The voice of preparation. This is the voice that starts in the Old Testament with the prophets. It's the prophets that declared what was going to be coming. That in times that sometimes they, they were preparing for an immediate situation that was happening. The prophet would say, go and take this mountain. And they would go and take the mountain. And they would come to the man of God and say, maybe should we go and fight this, this enemy? And he would say, yes, the Lord is with you. Go and fight this enemy. And they would go and it would be an immediate thing that was happening. But sometimes the prophet would speak for, for, gener for things that were generations to come, things that the prophet would never even see foretold or see happen that he foretold. We, we, we see this even in the season that we are coming into with the birth of Jesus. And we have the beginning of one of those prophecies right here. For unto us a child is born. And we can go back to Isaiah and read this prophecy of the child of Jesus that is going to come onto scene. And we understand that it's a voice of preparation that you can prepare for what is to come and what is going to happen. We see this on the day of Pentecost whenever uh, he said, whenever Peter says, for this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel, that Joel had said in the last days I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. The prophet prepared them for the day that was going to come when the Holy Ghost would fall and there would begin to be a revival that would sweep the world and lead us into the end time church. It was the voice of preparation by the prophets. In the New Testament, we continue to see this voice of preparation where we see where John comes on the scene and he prepares the way for Jesus to come. A voice of one calling out in the wilderness, preparing the way of the Lord, baptizing and leading in forgiveness. But he says, there will be one who will come after me and he's going to baptize you with Holy Ghost and with fire. He was preparing the people. He was preparing the church and for those who had listened for what was about to come.
there will always be the voice of preparation. And then there's the voice of declaration. Jesus and his disciples, his followers, and and even the preachers of the New Testament and the preachers today are the voice of declaration. Jesus himself said, I come to seek and to save. He, he tells the disciples in my name that you are going to lay hands on the sick and they're going to recover. And in my name you're going to do this and you're going to do that. There's, that there's going to be this power that is going to come upon you whenever you receive the Holy Ghost. He's declaring to them what's about to happen. The disciples Continue doing these things and going and laying hands on the sick and starting churches and preaching and spreading the gospel and declaring thus saith the word of the Lord. Declaring the truth of the gospel and baptizing people and showing everyone what God had said. Preachers today still declare the truth of the word of God. It's what I'm doing right now. Declaring to you that God loves you. Declaring to you that he hears your voice. Declaring to you that if you cry out that he will hear you. It's a voice of declaration that is still happening today. We, each of us, have a commission to go and to share the gospel of God. The gospel of Jesus Christ. Declaring his word. We each have A commission to go and declare the truth of salvation. The way has been prepared, but we must declare, thus says the word of the Lord. But there's still the last voice. After the way has been prepared, after the truth has been declared, there is still this last voice. It's not the voice of the one who prepares the way and it's not the voice of the one who declares the truth. But it's the voice of the one that is in need of something from God. It's the voice of deliverance. The voice of deliverance comes from the one who is in need. Wednesday night, Sister Raylan, are you here? Where's Raylan at? There she is. She's got a little timid hand coming up. Sister Raylan, she preached... An amazing word on what are you willing to do to receive your miracle. I appreciate that. It's a question that I I propose today. Are we going to continue to sit back and hold on to our words? Hold on to our hurt and our pain and the things that we're going through? Or are we willing to release them and open our mouth and say, God, I need your help. I need you to move in my situation. I need you to touch me. I need you to help me. I need you to help my family and my my health and my situations. I need you, God. We will do a lot of things that this world tells us to do. But at what point will we call out to God? If we go on Google and look up something that's going on and they tell you to take some kind of milk bath and put some powder or something. Man, we'll do that. But at what point do we just simply say, God, I need your help. And whenever we call out to him, he hears us. If we have faith to believe, 
If we have faith to believe that he's going to move on our behalf, my God, he hears our cry. I'm, I'm, I'm not preaching against doctors, and I'm not preaching against medicine or even no wives' tales and all those things. I'm not preaching against that stuff. That stuff works. God has given us medicine and doctors for a reason. But why do we do those things first instead of calling on him first? Why do we go through all of those things and then say, all right, let me go to God and see if God can help me here? Why not just go to him first and say, God, can you move on my behalf? It may save us a copay. It may save us some treatments if we would just go to him first. But instead, we go to the world and we look at all these other things and God is just saying, if you will cry out to me, I want to move on your behalf. We have to activate the voice of deliverance. That's our responsibility. We find situations in the Bible where one of my favorite Bible stories, examples that are given here while Jesus is walking the earth is blind Bartimaeus. That as he is sitting there, the Bible says that Jesus is walking by and that he makes up his mind. I'm not going to let him just walk by me today, but I'm going to get his attention somehow. How did he do it? He lifted his voice. Come on, he began to cry out, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And the people around him said, no, be quiet, calm down. Why are you yelling? Just stop what you're doing. He said, no, no. No, you don't understand. I'm in need of deliverance. I'm in need of something in my life. And there is no one else who is able to help me. So I'm going to cry even the more. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And he got attention of Jesus. He got his attention. And you know what? Jesus came to him and he received the miracle that he needed in his life. Because the voice of deliverance. Deliverance was being cried out to God. In the story of Ishmael and Hagar, Ishmael, the son of Abraham, and Hagar, his mother, sent out into the wilderness, and she is in fear that they will die. She hides her son, not wanting to watch him die out of water, out of food, Certain that death is coming. The Bible says that the lad begins to cry out. And God hears the cry of the boy. It's the voice of deliverance. Come on, some may label it the voice of pain. Some may label it the voice of stress. Some may label it the voice of hurt. Come on, some other things that we could label it as. That's not in my notes. I'm just, the, these are the voices. They say, no, you're just, you're just hurt. You're just crying because of the anxiety that you feel. And I'm telling you, it's not the voice of anxiety. It's not the voice of mental illness. It's not the voice of pain. It's not the voice of sickness. It's the voice of deliverance. Because whenever we begin to cry out, my God begins to hear us. And he says, all right, I can work with this. I'm going to move into where they are. I hear my child crying. And I'm not going to let them sit in the pain and the hurt and the sorrow that they're in. But I am going to move on their behalf. The Bible says that the boy began to cry out. And the 
that God heard the cry of the lad and responded to the need in their life. That's the God that we serve. That's the God that we serve. Brother Caleb, why don't you and your team come? I'm coming to a close here today. I didn't look at what time I started. Does it feel like I've been preaching long? It may feel like I've been preaching forever to you guys. But I'm, I'm here to tell you that today there is an opportunity for you to lift up your voice. The voice of deliverance. The way has been prepared. We have heard through the generations that God is able, that God is willing, that God wants to do. Come on, it has been declared. The voice of declaration has gone out. It goes out every Sunday and every Wednesday here at Lighthouse Church declaring the word of the Lord and what God is able to do. I've been up here for, let's say, 30 minutes, and I've been preaching to you about what God is able to do and how God is able to hear you declaring to you what God is able to do. But it's time that someone lift the voice of deliverance. I want you to stand with me today. In this, in preparation for this, I, <clears throat> I, was, I was drawn, I was pulled, my mind was pulled to, to look into some September 11th, 2001 stories of people in, this, in the collapse of these World Trade Centers that, that were trapped, that were in need of rescue, that cried out with their voice, and got the attention of the rescuers who could come and could help them. That was where my mind was at. And I began to, to look up some stories and, and go through some things. And I was surprised this morning or last night to find this story of Janelle McMillan. It says that on September 11, 2001, that she was at work, working for the Port Authority on the 64th floor of the first World Trade Center tower that while she was trying to escape she was going down a stairwell on the 13th floor whenever the tower collapsed that she was trapped for hours unable to move any part of her body just barely able to turn her head certain that she was going to die in that moment she began to hear as she laid there, some sirens and some diesel engines coming by her. And then she started to hear the radio of the radio chatter of some of the some of the rescuers. And she thought, this is my moment. They're close to me. If I can hear their radios, they will hear my cry. And she opened her mouth and she began to cry out. But nothing came out of her. At that moment, while reading this story, I thought, well, that one's not going to work. Let me go to the next one. (laughs) But something stopped me and said, keep reading. See what happened. The The Bible. The story says, the story says that her mouth was completely full of dust. Her throat so full of all the debris and junk that she could not develop a word she could not make a sound as hard as she tried she couldn't cry out she resolved in her mind this is where I will die and she began to 
think over her life and the life that she had lived and prepared herself to die in that moment. And then she says this. This is a quote. And then she says, But I decided to pray. That's what she said. Whenever the things of this world wouldn't work, whenever I couldn't lift my physical voice and get a hold of the rescuers in the physical that were around me, she said, you know what? There's a God that will hear my cry. There's a God who will, who will listen to me in my time of need. And she said, I decided to pray. And it said that she laid there and she pleaded with God. God, help me. God, save me in this time. Lead them to me right now. And all of a sudden, she said, through the rubble, through all of the junk, she saw a hand start to reach down to where she was. And a voice came out and said, hey, my name's Paul. I've got you now. Come on, it was a rescuer who, who, who wasn't listening for a physical voice. Come on, but God said, hey, why don't you step right over here? No, 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 not there. Step right here. Now look down. No, no, just a little. To look down. Do you see that woman there? I want you to reach in, and I want you to save her. She's been crying out to me, and I am going to send you to rescue her in her time of need. We serve a God that still answers prayers. And if you will cry out to Him, if you will lift your voice to Him, stop worrying about what the world says. Stop worrying about what the doctors say. Stop worrying about what your family says. And cry out to God and let Him work on your behalf. Right now, these altars are open. There's some already coming. I want you to give and I want to give you an opportunity to come today to an altar of prayer to lift up your hands and to cry out to God and say God I don't know the answer I don't know how it's going to work everybody said it's not going to happen there's no way but God says I make a way where there seems to be no way he's waiting on you to lift up your voice and to cry out come on cry out to him and ask for his help